Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today, we have a very special guest, as all of our guests are special, but this woman comes from South Africa, and we're going to hear a whole bunch of different things and make sure that we all know that we're all one. So, Natsiki Nohoko is a coach, a mentor, a, spe- uh, a spirit guide. She's a pastor, an author, and so much more. We met along the way in our journeys, and she is so much full of energy. How are you doing, Natiki? Hi, Dave. I'm very well and so humbled and honored to be your guest. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very blessed and highly, you know, I'm really, really honored to be with you. Well, thank you. And I'm honored to, to be there to have the world hear your voice because it's really your time being, you know, I'm honored to be sharing some of the time with you. Now, I know, you know, we've met and we've, we've spoken a lot about a lot of things. Uh, and we'll, we'll do that through this episode. Uh, could you tell people exactly what you do, uh, in, in terms? I mean, you just came out with a, uh, one book. Uh, so you, you've, you've, been, you've co, you co-authored, uh, an international bestseller. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's a book that was birthed last year, 2021, by a group of women, World Women Conference and Awards Foundation. It is headed by Rodney Senecas from Mexico and Dr. Angelica Benavides. She's in Texas. So as the World Women Conference and Awards, we had awards last year. And we were nominated, I was nominated for the, you know, leadership category. Then after the awards, you decided, let's have a book. Each woman can write a book. We all have a story and we all have at least a number of years experience. We've done other articles separately, but let's do a book together. So we agreed and then it came up to 20 authors who finally made it to the final run on the book, to the launch, with a special guest. That was the Queen of Peach, Forbes Riley. She was a guest last year, a guest speaker at the awards, so she agreed to be part of the book as our guest author. A beautiful book, a story, you know, different stories from 20 different women globally. I'm the only one in Africa, based in South Africa. And others are in Canada, other areas of the world, mostly in the USA. And we all have absolute different stories. But the beauty of the book is that the title is the uh, Visionary Women Leaders. And we came up, all of us, with six key, you know, commonalities in the book. We all agreed on these six commonalities that um, women, you know, in our different works, we, it is about discovering the greatness within. 
So the second one is birthing your passion. Third is successful, caring, connecting and empowering. And the fourth value agreed on is innovation approach. The fifth was elevating as a global visionary leader. And the sixth one is generational impact, because that is our goal, that we impact the next generations. Yes, even the generation that we live in, but this is a legacy that we are leaving behind so that those who come after us can be greater leaders than who we are as well. Yeah, you know, as we always say is, you know, don't be the smartest one in the room. You want to be in a room with many smart people you can learn from. And it sounds like, yeah. you know, all these uh, women who are uh, co-authors in the book, uh, as well as Forbes Riley, really have given so, such not great knowledge. What was your chapter about specifically? Specifically, my chapter is about transformational leadership requires integrity. It's about my journey as a coach, as a management consultant, as a mentor, as a public speaker, as a preacher. You know, I I come from a background of also many women who are also visionaries, who have also held me up, who I've learned from. Others, they are learning from me, others who are on the same path. So it is about my journey as a management consultant and my journey that led me to establish a foundation and a company that I rebranded as Power to Lead with Integrity. As I found out in the marketplace, in the workplace, in the government, in any industry, starting back home, the key characteristic of a best and a good life is integrity for all. Yeah, so no, integrity is... Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, yes, in, yes. integrity is exactly who we are, right? It, it, it's the who we are when nobody else is looking. And, and that's... Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and so you, you, you've come through a, a lot of stories uh, in your life. You've overcome a lot of things. And I, and I know I asked you permission. So just the easy one. Well, well, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges, those Phoenix moments that you've gone through. Because you've gone through both financially, physically, and emotional uh, obstacles that you, you've learned how to overcome. Absolutely. You know, the, the very, very first painful one emotionally was to lose family members. In my nuclear family, uh, I had two brothers who were younger brothers in the family who were girls, five girls, and then two younger brothers after a seven-year gap between the last born of the girls and <laughs> the first born. So, wow, 1974 was a big bang for the family. We had a big brother. We called him big brother. After two years on the year of freedom in our little place we're living in, in the trans sky then, part of South Africa, we had the second boy who was um, who was called Freedom. So the first one was called Manja. Now the painful thing when both of them passed away, it, it was like, you know, it was just like I'm living in another space on earth. And it was like not real, you know, it was the first thing we experienced 
losing family members, uh, you know, relatives, but really in the in the same house, mm. it was painful. It was painful for my father. The second um, one, okay, that the brothers passed on. Now we no more have brothers. And the the, the big one was to lose my mother. Mm. And my mother died, you know, she had a stroke when we were having a very good time as family Christmas time. And my mom, we were sharing even the bed that night because she visited me and my other sisters. And so we were like having a good time. My mother had a stroke early hours of the morning. We didn't realize it was a stroke. Then I called my friend who is a medical doctor and she said to me, what you are telling me about symptoms, don't even bother straight to hospital, that's a stroke. And that led her to really pass on in 2010. You know, she, a mother, Dave, you know, a mother that I'm telling you that we were sharing a bed even on that day, you know, 2009, December, was my best friend. And my mother was my prayer warrior. And my mother was my pillar of strength. It's a person I looked up to. And she was my inspiration in every way. So, yeah, that was painful. You know, along the way, uh, ones that I think I shared with you was, you know, financially, you know, business is business. When you're running a business, there are highs and lows. There are times you get good contracts, you gain everything, you can buy even things cash. I believe in buying things cash, so you can do that. And there are times you will not have any contract and it will always look like you are winning this one. Oh, it's going to be okay. And you, you realize, no man, <laughs> business, I'm not running it, it's running me now. So I've had those experiences, painful experiences where I couldn't pay bills, couldn't pay school fees for my child. And you know, all those things that it looked like, wow, this is going to be like an embarrassment now. Even if I know I pray their seasons, but it's like, no, this is just not on. So I've been through that. So I understand when people go through different painful experiences. I know how to comfort them. I know how to speak a positive word. I know how to give them hope. You know, I've gone through different experiences physically. I shared that with you. I had many car accidents, and the major one left me with um, a, in hospital for two months, having a spine up. My spine is connected. I have a L3 that is not my bone. It's uh, I didn't even know there's a bone bank. <laughs> so the doctor told me he's going to remove a bone, my L3, and then I said, "Oh wow!" And then what? because I was on a wheelchair after the car accident. So he said, no, I'm going to replace it with another L3. I go to the bone bank. So, oh, there's a bone bank. So whose bone is that now that's going to be in my body? And he said, no, we'll see a fitting bone. But then, uh, you know, jokingly trying to ease my pain and trying mm. to think forward, how am I going to deal with this? So I just said to him, okay, as long as the bone is not of a pig, and it's not a bone of, you know, a tug. It's okay. <laughs> Let's do this thing. <laughs> yeah, so, I, you know, I carried on like that. So, uh, you know, painfully so, but 
yeah, I have to carry on and I had to, and God, God, God has been my pillar of strength. He's my creator. He gave me all the power and strength to bear the pain. Well, that was one of, one of the things I wanted to ask you is actually, you know, so going through those challenges, the loss of your mom and then the uh, car accident uh, where you need to have a donated bone. Uh, I, I also didn't know that there's a bone bank. Uh, so what what helps you go through those those t- those difficult periods, those those biggest challenges? I know you just mentioned God and I know your you know, religion yeah. is, you know, and, and God is a very huge part of your life and you know, some of your resources. Yes, absolutely. That That's the only way for me to live on earth. Because I believe, I accepted, you know, the, the, the spiritual journey of knowing that I was created by God and God lives in me. And I believe so much in the Bible that it is my source of everything. It's my source of the strength I know it is in me. When he created me, there's a strength in me that he gave me because he calls me his own. And my belief is that he created me in his image. Therefore, I have that strength in me. And, you know, beyond that, when you go through it, there are times I have learned that I have to cut my speech because the pain can make you speak. Speak negatively and speak mm. negative things when you are going through this. Yet in your spirit, you believe that God is with you and he's going to save you from this situation. Even when, you know, there's a time the car went down a very long ditch and it was high up in the mountain and we went down. And, you know, when the car was rolling, I was still praying. And as I was praying... I could see that, hey, hey, this prayer now, it looks like I have to change it. I see us dying now. And I promise you, I changed the prayer and say, oh, God, receive our souls. And amazingly, we did not die. <laughs> we were in the car. When the car landed finally down in the, you know, uh, in the mountain, luckily there was a, a farm down there. So it was early in the morning. They saw people were working the farm. What was happening? They ran, you know, to on the other side to come and save us. Luckily, the car, as it was rolling, it ended up on the wheels. And we ended up not dying, no scratch. And so, you know, the prayers worked for me. And I even realized that I don't have to give up in the prayer when I pray and just end it and see the negative and the final end of it. So I keep praying, keep praying for the best, keep praying for being saved of the situation, and you see God saving us. Same as when I was going through the operation, my strength and pillar was, it was painful. It was like I'm not living on earth, but the the prayer the power in me and my mother praying with me. And the other thing is that when you go through a situation, there are other people who are praying with you. They carry you at the time you are going through a situation. So I knew people were coming to hospital to pray with me and pray around me. 
and also the hospital, you know, staff, they were praying with me. There's a time I woke up, they told me it was bad. We thought you, you completely died. And we had a chain prayer around you and prayed for you. And you know, it, it's important that people, the integrity of the workplace, hospital, any industry, there are people who believe in holding up other people in prayer. So prayer for me is the power that is above all other powers that brings back the life and strength and gives me the power to go on and overcome any challenge. Yeah, that's, incre- that's an incredible story. I mean, with the car turning over and you, you feeling that these were your last moments, you were asking God to receive your soul. Uh, that's some of the magic that always had. You know, you hear many stories, and that's why I think we telling these stories is that moment of surrender, complete surrender to the universe. At that moment is when God or the universe enters for the grace. And, you know, having that happen to you, that must have been incredible, uh, you, you know, because you can't see things the same way. And, you know, once you see things a new way, you can't go back to the way you want to. I mean, that's a choice. You can, but it's a choice. Yeah. But once you see the grace and feel the grace of the universe's energy and positive people surrounding you with pure love, not, you know, oh, if you give me this, uh, I'll do that. It's pure. That's that really unconditional love of hopes and, and, and love to, for your healing at that time. Absolutely. I mean, after that, when we were taken to the doctor, we, we were just laughing, giggling, and look at each other as we were three, you know, in the car, ladies, and we're like, we are alive. Wow, we are, st- we are still alive. We, all we could do was just to thank God and thank God. And the, as absolutely as saying it, you know, perfectly so, you don't take life for granted anymore. Uh, yes, exactly. That's the part of, about not taking life for granted. And, and you keep talking about, you know, in, in, in integrity. And I, and I know you, uh, you know, because you're an educator and, you, you know, you, you hold that in every aspect of your life, your integrity, uh, not only as a coach, but uh, as a leader. And you would talk to me about uh, the, the human uh, spirit of uh, being a servant leader. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yes. About being a servant leader, it is part of my journey in the leadership in the, okay, I'll put it the way it is, as in the church fellowship, the kingdom. You, you know, we grow into that, into understanding exactly what does it mean to be a servant in the ministry. It means to be the one who is serving. I learned this from my parents. My parents were very highly spiritual and living in the church. My father is still alive. He was born in 1929. He's still alive. When I call him, he tells me, I am 100% well, and his memory is very sharp, sharper than mine. So I've learned from him. He would tell us stories, and he's selfless serving the community where we grew up, where he was a pastor, it showed that he, he had this mindset 
that helped me to be where I am today as the you know leader in the church. My father did not discriminate to look at the only church where he was leading, where he was pastoring, that these are the only people that I will look after. These are the only people I love in my community and care for because they are under my denomination or they are the members of my church. He was called a pastor in my language, a pastor is Mfundisi. He was called Mfundisi by the whole community in the village where we grew up. And they respected him irrespective of that particular denomination where he was leading. All other pastors, bishops, you know, in the other different denominations, they had um, a forum where they respected each other. So I learned from there that we don't discriminate as leaders of the communities because everyone, the spirit of Ubuntu is a spirit of humanity, that we are, we are one. We all come from the same God. The difference that we, you know, we under different denominations or religion, or we have different ideas and, you know, different points of view about religions, it doesn't take away the fact that we are all human beings. We breathe the same air, we have the same blood, we, we, those who pray, we pray to the same God, and we live on the same earth. So the integrity that is that we should be, be people who love each other, irrespective of who we are. That's you save a person because it's a human being. You give respect to a person because it's a human being. So we should love each other. Even the servant who did so, it's not about our titles as we lead in the forums of the church. That's what I meant again. Titles are just things of the earth. But titles are better understood and followed when our works and the way we live and we change, we inspire, we motivate and empower the world is shown by the way that I live. My lifestyle is my servanthood. It should show the leadership. Well, that's the whole part. It's not how you live. It's not what you say. It's how you do it. And it's that consistency. That's the integrity piece. Now, so I, I, I will want to mention, and I shared with you earlier, I'd love to hear a little bit about this uh, non-discrimination you know, that you've lived through. But you've lived through some really traumatic times in your country's history as well, through uh, our apartheid and uh, you know, having uh, Nelson Mandela as a president. How has that experience been for you? Uh, because obviously when you were born, there was definitely more separation of of uh, race, not races, but uh, in color, the separation of of colors and and peoples, uh, as well as then now where it's brought together more closely. I wouldn't say it's perfect because uh, as here in the United States, we're not uh, we're not perfect either. <laughs> that one is just you know an amazing journey of life. Honestly, first of all, the impact on my journey personally 
it was not a good one, starting from the level of education that we received at the time. At the time I started even my primary school, the level of education was not the one that the white uh, people were living under, were receiving from the government. We were, re we know, we only had an opportunity to be in a government school, private schools. It was not, we were not part of that. And I grew up in uh, the first school where I started my primary school. We did not do grades, we did standards. So it was um, a school that was under the Anglican church. And in that school, even the education, it was taken to be part of one of the highest in the government level of any school that was open to anyone. Truly, the level of education, we were pressed down on it. It was even called the Bantu education. So for Abantu, people like us, black people. And we only experienced that the beauty or maybe the higher level only with our children. Like my daughter was born in 1994. So 1994, you know, that's the year that uh, the President Nelson Mandela was the president of mm -hmm. the country. We voted in that year because I remember very well, she was only a month when I went to vote. And those are the ones we call the born free. Mm. Those are the children who experienced the Model C education. Because at that time, we were even, a, you know, had, at least had the freedom to even live in the suburbs, to buy houses in the suburbs, to register our children in the Model C schools. Mm. So it was completely a different journey for them than what we went through. Even with our, you know, not just the accent, the way I pronounce words. She looks at me sometimes and corrects me so many times. And sometimes when, you know, I get just hicked up with it, I'll just say, but, you know, this is what I received in my time. And uh, thank you to you because at least I managed to put you through the best that, you know, sees that, oh, okay, these are the things they corrected, how to speak, how to pronounce words. But for us, even what happened in 1976 in our country was one of those most painful years. I was doing standard six at that time. And I was living in a far can, uh, area in South Africa, not where it was the heat of the moment, where things were happening in Johannesburg, in Soweto, where I'm now I lived in Johannesburg for a very number of times, uh, of, year, of years, uh, for a longer period. In Soweto, that's where we also experienced the pain as far as we were from where children died in that year. Mm. In 1976, it was painful. And the people who led that much on that day, it was a peaceful march 
It was not supposed to lead to death, but then it was the way they were perceived to be staging that much. It was it turned into you know uh, uh, something painful, bloodshed. So many young children died. I mean, children because they were ages of fifteen. Even today, those who were leading, the two who were leading, the gentleman who was 15 at that time, who turned 16 on the day of, you know, June 16, and the, the young lady then, both of them, I had so many conversations with them this year because I was doing, um, a, you know, a hosting business events, okay. and I wanted to hear really the story from them because I researched and I found out oh they are still alive and I was connected to speak to them and you know in June I hosted them on the platform Wow! to speak to hear the reality of the story how they even planned as 15 year olds to plan to stand up for the whole country for their rights for the integrity of education so it's a beautiful journey. They are still there. We have partnered with them. And he gave us the whole journey, how he was even, you know, arrested after that, taken to a prison where the President Nelson Mandela was for 27 years. And he was the youngest. He didn't even have, a, a, you know, the prison uniform that could fit him. But sure. the painful thing is that he was arrested as a young boy. So that was the journey. But we are healing. It's a journey. Change. We are still dealing with the issues of inclusion and, you know, in this diverse South Africa. It is still not yet the freedom. It's a long walk to freedom, like the book Nelson Mandela wrote. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a... It is a long walk, and you've, you've done the, some of that walking. We'll be back in a moment. Well, that's a nice song. Hey, hey, everybody. It's me, the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos, the host of the LaunchCast, the co-host of Over My Dad Podcast, but more importantly... I'm here today on behalf of Launchpad 516 Studios, the podcast production company that makes those two shows, the one you're listening to now, and so many others possible. Now, what is Launchpad 516 Studios? Well, it's the brainchild of Launchpad 516. It's a podcast production company, and we help you from conceptualization to production, to recording, to post-production, to monetization. The key word here, let's turn that hobby, that idea into a revenue stream. But more importantly, let's get that important idea out there and get your voice heard because that's what matters right now. Hit us up, launchpad516studios.com to find out more information or send us an email, podcast at lp516.com DM me at Launchpad CEO on all the platforms. Let's chat. Let's get your voice heard. We're pretty good at this, guys. Don't let this offer slip by you. Later, guys. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky.
you know, it's really interesting to hear your take on it in the, even the education that you had received, and you had received good education at that time, uh, but your daughter, received, you were able to, uh, because of the changes within the country as well as within your life, that you were able to then educate your daughter uh, and have your daughter be better educated than you, and, and you're well-spoken. I mean, uh, you know, it's not, uh, it's, you know, it's really a testament to not only you, but uh, what could be done when, when somebody's determined, and you're a very determined woman. Thank you so much. You know, the joke about the way we pronounce names, the people on my age, we always joke about this, the word bird is the flying bird <sighs> and the bed that you sleep on. And they always say, we pronounce it the same way. We're like, okay, don't worry, as long as you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I do understand. I mean, that's, that's one of the advantages of exposing yourself to so many different cultures and, you know, being able to hear, you know, and, and look, here, even in the United States, uh, you, you know, you've been on uh, calls with me and people are like, well, what do you say? Uh, you know, even where we're all speaking a form of English and, uh, you know, with, with my uh, accent and, and things like that, at times it's, you know, difficult. And that's why I try to make sure when I speak slowly to somebody whose, you know, native language isn't English or to isn't used to my quick talk, I want to make sure that I, yeah. I come across. So, but, but, but thank you. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're just a, an thank amazing you, person. I, because I also know that you serve as an ambassador for Lifesavers International. Uh, could you tell us about that? What 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 is what is being a liaison uh, ambassador for that program uh, really mean to you? Oh wow, that's one humbling uh, experience again in my journey. The head office of the Lifesavers Ambassadors is in Nigeria, so the patron is Bishop uh, Wanita Nwendo, and the bishop has spread her wings around the globe to partner with other women of the same mind, same kind, who have the same heart to save the nations. Then we fall, as I am in uh, South Africa, in Africa, I was appointed through the chapter that is the USA. And our director is in Georgia. It is the, our director is um, Right Honorable, Ambassador Yvonne Gamble. So when she invited me to be a part of this, and I said I'm in Africa, so I should fall under the African chapter where my sister is serving as well. So she said, no, we are the USA. We want to go to Africa. So you represent us as USA in Africa mm. on the ground. So that's the angle that I come in here. And we are humbled to serve here. That's, again, part of servanthood. It is a humanitarian journey. And it is a humanitarian big foundation where we serve the people. Our mission is about saving souls there. Saving souls meaning people should live at least the basic needs they should have the basic education for our children and we go to the lens of really where there is a deeper deeper desperate need where i always term it and say these are the undeserving poor areas 
they did not cause themselves to be in that situation, but they found themselves living in those areas where it is very difficult even for children uh, at school to have to know what is a computer. Even the teachers to know a computer or to use it or even have the infrastructure of the internet. So we are doing our best to get to those areas with um, some information that will bring in in the gadgets to bring them the gadgets where they will have the information, the software with the educational programs for the children in primary school. They will have it in the, um, in the tablets and those tablets will come in with the solar system that, you know, with the power bank. The, the, sol- the, sol- the solar, the solar power, yeah. yeah. Because uh, solar power, yeah. yeah. You're, so you're using, so you're, you're really trying to really take take it to a new level. Because I know you're you're working on, you know, the the, the rainwater catchment, and then so you know, oh, yes. and, and and so and solar using solar to you know power everybody, the tablets and 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 the energy to then lift everybody up on, on for education, and you know that's there's so much. Uh, there's, there's so many different ways uh, of what you're doing to help. You really are not only grounded, I mean, on the ground, but you're doing so much and adding so much value wherever you go. Thank you so much. You know, the water catchment uh, system, we are doing it with the university in Mexico. And um, I've partnered there already. I've signed a contract with a professor. Uh, Dr. Gleisin Jose, and he's also one of those professors in their universities. He's training already the you know students on the rainwater catchment system and engineering. So we've partnered, and they're coming to South Africa so that we can start the journey of purifying the water and supplying water again in those areas, and not just that, but to train young people to be entrepreneurs, train young people on skills development. So we're establishing the Skills Development Academy that will be starting online. We've put up the systems to connect with their university to train online. And, and also it's skills development. And part of it is the humanitarian aspect of it again on 7-2 because he's also a a person who believes in God and believes that with all what he has he must give to the people so he's been to Africa and to other countries to come and train and introduce the rainwater catchment system so now we've partnered is coming to South Africa and it's not just to catch the rainwater but to purify it so that it is good water for people to be healthy. Right, it, it, right. It, it's not just catching the water; it's making sure it's purified so it's it's reusable, and uh, you know that that's the real catch. Uh, you do just so much. Uh, you know, between the book, all the books you're coming out. I mean, you just came out with a book in, in January, which we spoke about earlier. You're also coming out with another uh, global book uh, with with many authors from from Africa. Uh, we, you've, you know, it, it's really incredible about happiness and growth, and uh, you, 
Oh yes, oh yes. Wow, that one is is an amazing one. It's led by this a, a, a lady who we met through World Women Conference and Awards, Regeline Gigi Sabat. She's in Florida in the USA and she's from Haiti. I admire her energy. And she, you know, can bring people together and she can identify people who will say yes to their assignment and just get along with it. Mm-hmm. So in that one, every, every quarter of last year, she hosted events online and she would bring in speakers, guest speakers from different, you know, uh, industries. And she focused on, you know, survivors, survivors mm-hmm. of um, different kinds of pains. And then on the last quarter, it was the global leadership conference that she did. So I featured on the global leadership conference in, in November the 20th. So wow. my chapter there is on that one, on leadership with integrity. So it's the, the book is ready. And uh, she just picked the, the day to launch it. It's in December this year. All right, so you'll have had two books. You'll have one. We talk about bookends, right? You had one book in January that you came out, uh, and, and another book you'll have in December. So that's a pretty busy year uh, because you do so much, and you know you've given so much. Now I, we're going to tie up the episode pretty soon, but I know in the in, in the picture you you talk about a red bat, and you know that uh, you we were bringing a bat. How come you you like the red bat? Uh, you know, is there any meaning behind red or? Or the bat for you? Yes, there's a meaning behind the the red bat for me. And the, just to cap it up again, it's because I'm an action person. And the red for me, when I was coded, my personality on personality test was that I'm an action person. I'm a catalyst. And uh, with that, again, the third book that is coming up, we have not set the date, is where I contributed five chapters. The title is Skills Versus Degree. It, it also came up during the pandemic, a group of us writing on LinkedIn. So we decided, as we share our writings on Wednesdays, and they asked me, what do you see next about this? I said, a book. And honestly, we've finished the book already. Mm. I think we are 2021 20, or co-authors on that one as well. So the person who, who producing that book is in Dubai. Oh, so the okay. red for me is my color, is my color. And I, I also played in my high school days, I, play, I played the softball and hmm. I was playing first uh, base and I was also a pitcher. Nice. So <laughs> the bet just settled it for me. When I saw you with the bet, I said, wow, my high school days. And I was a Fast runner, you know. So I really enjoyed the, you know, playing the softball. I was in the first team, actually. Wow, awesome! So I, that I didn't know. Okay, so that's great. Um, okay, so I've I've taken up so much of your time, and and with the time difference, uh, it's probably about one o'clock in the. Is it is it about one one a.m. where you where you are? Um, it's twenty to three in the morning. And I'm live with you. Oh, boy. So I'm l- enjoying the journey. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thank you so much for your time. We'll, we'll, 
Because we usually try to keep the episodes about a half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, I am so blessed for your time, for your sharing of, of your message and, you know, also giving us a little bit, uh, a history lesson, which was v- just equally as important. So thank you so much. Is there any final words you, you want to share with uh, the audience? Yes, thank you so much, Dave. My final word is that let us do our best as the human um, society, as the people to live together with love, peace, and joy. My message this year is that let us love and live and raise the bar above with power to lead with integrity. Love for all. Thank you, Dave. Well, thank you so much. And everybody, as always, we're going to leave you with peace and love because that's really just the foundation of life. And when you need to bring a bat, make sure you hit your sweet spot and just hit that home run. Go for it or hit a couple of singles. You want to know something? Hit it hard and hit it with authority and integrity, as we were just told by Natiki. So thank you so much and have a great night. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.